These are Grindstaff Publishing audio files. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Grindstaff Publishing podcast. It is uh, November 28th, 9.15 p.m. Um, the lights are up. The tree is up. It's all lit. It's all decorated. Our uh, our front living room is cozy as hell. And um, as soon as I get this done, I'm going to go in there and uh, record or and edit. So that's where you're going to be finding me and my wife whenever the, as soon as the boys go down each night until probably the mid January. So very cozy up here. Um, just got done recording chapter 13 of room to Rome, which is Italy. Italy, um, is a 20 page chapter about a half an hour audiobook chapter. And it could have been a lot longer. Um, I spent about two weeks total in Italy. Uh, it was, it was fantastic. Um, the opening of the chapter and the end of the last chapter really talks about the transitionary period because it goes from being in Austria, being in Innsbruck, and thinking about going to Switzerland. Got to the train station. The, the train, the, the lodging in, in Switzerland was is astronomical. So it was way cheaper to go to Venice. And I was like, well, how do you pass that up? And so early on, Getting you know planning out this trip, I was okay. Well, number number like number one, two, three, somewhere in their top three, juggle juggle around a little bit. Had to be take a train through the Alps. That was way up there. It's something that people just kept on commenting about, saying it was amazing. Do it, do it, do it. So when I had the chance to do that, going from Austria to Venice, it was a dream come true. I mean, I I was on this beautiful train. I had a compartment all to myself, and so going through the Alps. I mean, I was just bouncing here and there, here and there, watching the train, you know, do the whole film thing or the the photo the photo, photographer thing, where it's like you look back and then the train, you can see the the C shape of the train turning a corner and the Alps being big in the background. Fantastic, um, everything I hoped it would be, and then um, after like a, I don't know a little bit bit of that, I, I was just beyond tired, so I got, got a little nap, and I woke up in a different world. Like I I went from the 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 cold snow-capped peaks of the Alps and alpine culture and then I woke up in just sprawling vineyards and blue skies and warm and the people changed people got you know the people that got onto the train had browner skin had darker wavier hair than what been before and just I was in Italy it was, it was amazing how it was it was one of the first uh, or one of the, the greatest transitions of countries I had I had felt because you could really feel it. You could feel like the warmth. You could feel the people. You could feel the accents. The language, it was all different. And so to go from Austria to Venice was incredible. I step off the, the train in Venice, and it is like a movie. Um, just people are bustling around. The canals are gurgling and splashing water up onto the cobblestones. Um, it, I mean, it was, it was Italy. It, it was everything I'd ever thought Venice would be. I circled around, circled around, came to giant markets and squares and... Um, just was completely infatuated by it. Um, my hostel was a cheap hostel, bit, like way, way cheap, like 10 euros a night cheap. Um, and it was situated over, a, over a canal. So when I got there, I was okay, well, this can't be good that the, you know, I'm, I'm in Venice. 
I'm on a, I'm over a canal. This can't be good. I walk in and it's, it's, it's a little rundown and dingy, but the people were, were awesome. Everyone was nice. And, um, as night fell, I kind of just, just found a little perch out there and watched the people, got some pizza, got some cheap red wine and, and just kind of looked over a map of Venice and Italy as a whole and was just mesmerized. I, um, I messaged some people. I, uh, I called my mom, which was crazy. Um, she was beyond happy for me that I was, you know, that I was, I was sitting in Venice over, a, over, a, um, over a canal, just living a dream. And it was, it was just, uh, it was, it was one of the times on the trip where like a, like a, like a time slowed down and I could just really appreciate where I was and what I had done and what I was going to do. Um, Venice, I just saw a lot of sights. I walked around a lot. It was very warm. It was like high seventies, low eighties. I, I drank coffee along canals and did everything I possibly could along canals. Saw lizards and it, it was just, it was fantastic. Um, it's a lot more elegant or eloquent in the book, the way I, way I worded it, but I'm kind of going a little faster because if I, if I don't too long, this is going to be a gigantic thing. So Venice, everything I, I thought I was ever going to be and more. Um, from Venice, I went down to uh, Bologna. Uh, Bologna is a, is a really old university town um, city and like, you know, like traditional, you know, European places, it's like, you know, you have the historic district and you have the residential area. Um, the historic district for Bologna was mostly the university. And so I got there and the vibe just really felt like that. Going from Venice, which was a, you know, like one of the top tourist places in the entire world. And you could feel that tourism there to go into Bologna, whereas like people that were there were, were there for a reason. They were working, studying, you know, not as many tourists. It felt like, I don't know any numbers about that, but definitely felt like a, like a working city. And I, I got to my hostel and it was fantastic. There was, it was a lot more communal. There was a community to it. There was people everywhere having fun, talking and lounging in the chairs that were supposed to be built for lounging. No one's on their phone. Everyone was talking, looking at maps and having fun. Um, I, I kind of in, enjoyed that a lot. And then instantly went, went to try to figure out what, what this university was like. It's, it's one, it's, I think it's one of the oldest in Italy. It's a really old university. I got down into the that university district and it was just revolutionary. Um, there were a lot of protests. There were, there were a lot of university students that were like, you know, having demonstrations. There is a there's a big square next to this amazing pizza place that I had pizza at. That there were just little pockets of people that were protesting and having signs up and demonstrating and trying to get people, you know, involved in their causes. And it was just it's really cool to see that. It, it was really cool to see this uh, this really flamboyant, this really active youth that were trying to, you know, promote change. I didn't know what the change was yet, but I was like, oh, well, this is, this is a cool vibe. Um, okay. I went back to the hostel. It, it kind of, it was kind of like quite a quiet, quiet night that night. Um, the next day, um, was more of a, more of a relaxing day that night. Um, everyone got together for, for a big, for a big dinner. Um, I think I said in the book that there were 10 of us at the table. Um, eight nationalities were there and it was just, chaos in the best possible way talking sharing eating laughing and it was just fantastic i mean at, at one point we all just passed around a paper to say you know where we were from it was so cool to see it right in front of us that this was this true community of young people like i think the oldest person there was maybe 30 um and it was it was just gorgeous. it was gorgeous it was so much fun um we all, we all talked for probably a couple hours three hours and then we kind of broke off into little groups and i got with this group of these two turkish people one older Turkish guy with a, uh, with an amazing beard, um, and then this this really cute um, Turkish girl about my age, 
And we kind of talked a little bit and then we parted our, parted our ways. The next day, um, again, just kind of, just kind of milled, milled about and just looked here and there. Um, and then that night I, I came back to the hostel to kind of prepare and see, you know, where I was going to go next, which is Florence. And, um, then I'm, the Turkish people found me and sitting there kind of looking at maps and stuff, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, like, Hey, we, we should go, let's go have some beers. I'm like, okay, I can't pass that up. I can't pass that up. And so we went for this, uh, this little, little bar kind of not pretty close to the hostel. We were, we were having drinks and then, um, the guy was like, Oh yeah. And, and here, here's my friends are coming to join us. And there are these, these three, you know, what turned out to be Italian guys. And they spoke really, really, um, pretty good English. And they had gone to that university in Bologna and they recently graduated, but they were still really active in that community of activism. And, um, they were really big into like free, you know, putting on free meals and charity and just the whole anarchists against the government. And they were just, they're true anarchists. Like they were like, they were visionary people that were like, that saw what was currently happening. They didn't like it and thought they could change it. And they were trying to actively change that by doing good for the community, promoting through the university and really just trying to try, trying to do do good things. Um, we talked and had beers and they were interested in, in me being American and my my politics, our politics as a country. And then I was interested in their politics. I didn't know anything about Italy, Italian politics. Um, and it was just really cool, like back and forth, really intelligent conversation. And um, it's just really fun. Probably an hour and a half or so, a couple of beers. And then the, the Turkish girl grabbed my arm or my grandma hand and was like, well, you should come with us to this, this, um, this concert they're putting on. I was like, all right, cool. So we, we walked across what felt like a long time, like, you know, through through good parts of the city, through bad parts of the city, you know, through, through a fence, across railroad tracks. And finally we got to this, um, hard to describe, kind of like this, this punk rock venue that was kind of the site that this, this, uh, this anarchist group was, you know, always at their concerts. And so the concerts were always free. They always got local, local or at least, you know, semi-local people. To bands to uh, perform there and that night was this punk rock band that was gargling and screaming and doing their thing with the guitars and stuff and and uh the, this and the entire time this, this turkish girl was like was really into me and she was like like kind of like oh we should do this and do that and then uh she we, we sat down at this table and she said do you want any food or anything it's like oh sure okay and she brought me back this, this this plate of like you know really good pasta and white sauce and a beer and um they they only took donations it, it, everything was free and so we kept talking. Um, our group got a little bigger, and then got bigger, and then it moved over out more into this uh, this like kind of vacant lot situation. And there was a fire, and probably fifteen people around there, and and we all sat down, and it was just really really cool mixture of just people that were intellectual people that had gone to college or that were in, interested in these issues, mostly young people. And these anarchists were just really into being like, this is what we needed to have to promote change. Like we can promote change with this. And, um, you know, I was, I obviously had nothing to do with that. Like I was just trying to, you know, vibe in the moment and just be with these people and just really feel what they were trying to do. Um, I, I, I mean, I was going to leave the next day, so I had no, you know, no say in their politics, but hopefully everything is going well for them in particular. Um, um, but the next morning I left to go to Florence, um, Florence is on the map for a lot of reasons. Uh, my favorite is it was a seat of the Renaissance. So all the great thinkers and painters and artists from back in the Renaissance era um, circled or, and were in Florence during that time. They 
that was where the, where the masters were, that that's where the great arts were. That's where like the center of learning was. Uh, my favorite is Da Vinci. Um, and, and all, and all the, the classical masters that anyone knows of from art history, they were from, they were, they went there. Um, so I, I, I was really excited. Um, I got there and it was again, huge city throngs of tourists got off the train. I was like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. Um, but just decided to just push through, get to the hostel, get, get your base set up and then explore. Um, and so I just kind of was a little frustrated and kept walking. I didn't want to know where I was going to go. I was like, whatever. And then I saw this um, kind of gle- this shining white stone. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Is that a cathedral or something? Closer, closer, closer. And I turned a corner and I was like, holy shit, that is a giant cathedral. It's beautiful. Didn't know what it was called um, until I was like, oh, that's, this has to be really important. And it was this gigantic cathedral that was the base of white stone with like green and red stone inter- interwoven and making patterns and it was a huge dome on top and it was the Duomo, um, the Florence cathedral and people were milling around about it. And it was just floored me, just shocked me that this was, this is old. This is, this is a really old cathedral, medieval cathedral. And it was right in front of me. And I was like, Oh my God, that's beautiful. It's huge. And right then it was like, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to plan nothing and be totally ignorant of certain things and just be surprised by these super obvious things. Like, if you type in Florence Tractions, the top thing, if not if not the top thing, one of the top things that you're going to see there, the Duomo, the Florence Cathedral. Absolutely flooring, absolutely amazing. My heart just skipped, and then I just like, oh my god, holy crap. I I, re- I circled the, the Duomo a few times, just looking at all these, all these angles of it. I went down alleys and just like caught all these really cool visuals of it, pictures and, and everything about it, and it was just beautiful. Flooring, gorgeous. I kept walking. I went through this hall, this giant hall with these statues of the masters, like um, full, full life, real, real life statues, full size statues of the masters, just lining it. Um, and I popped out of there, and I got onto the the like the main river, and the um, the the main Renaissance uh, bridge going across was was right there. Everything was yellow and had like the like the red, the red um, roofs. And history was just littered, littered with history. And even if you didn't know what the hell was going on, like I purposely did, it, it was flooring. It, it was absolutely amazing. It was gorgeous. It was everything I wanted Florence to be. Just kept checking off the list of being like, oh my God. And I still haven't gone to my hostel yet, but I was like, okay, it's getting close to being sunset. So let's get up. Let's find something, someplace high to get to and watch the sunset of this go- just absolutely gorgeous city. I went up to... Um, this pretty high, high place, uh, I think it's called the Plaza Michelangelo and just took in the sunset and was just, just floored. You could see so much of Florence and there isn't a historical district cause it's all, it's all one giant historical district and was just absolutely floored. Pardon me while I drink my, uh, my rose tea. Um, Went down and found my hostel, pretty basic hostel. Got um, got some cheap red wine and finished the night. Just finishing off the bottle and being like, I'm in just, I'm in heaven. I'm perfect. Everything's perfect. Great. The next day, I um, I figure out that Pisa is very close by train, very close, and so I I got, I book a ticket for the afternoon and then I kind of mill about. I uh I I find lunch at this little cafe, 
little cheap lunch. And then in comes this couple, this Australian couple that I had talked to in Austria. Back in Salzburg, when I first got there, I shared a room with this couple and they had no intention of going to Florence. At that point in Austria, I had no intention of going to Florence. But yeah, here we were. We They come in like, oh my, holy shit, you're here. And I was like, you you guys are here. Why are you here? And basically the exact same thing happened with them. Like the the, the line on the map just is real. I never be, I never thought about it before, but when you're when you're looking at these cities, I mean, obviously there are billion possibilities, quadrillion quadrillion billion possibilities on the, on a map. But when you're doing like a basic backpacking trip, there there isn't a there's a pretty good line. And so, talked about how amazing it was. You were there. They were going to pizza the next day, and so we kind of just like, oh my god, this is amazing. We hugged, and then we just they dispersed. Just being floored by the entire entire situation. I uh, I just was kind of drunk with uh, with this being flabbergasted and drunk with the improbability of life and and the randomness of life and I, and I went to the train got to Pisa like I think it's half an hour something like that maybe an hour and this the city of Pisa is beautiful too um, it has a lot of history to it I kind of followed the throne of tourists which I didn't really like to do and I had been avoiding most of the trip but I was okay well this is a, this is how it goes and I got there and ashamedly. I am so embarrassed to admit now, but before I didn't realize that there's anything else except the Leaning Tower of Pisa in that complex. There is. There, there's an entire cathedral. Um, there's an entire complex there. And so it, I, I put it, I, I wrote it in the book how it's amazing how so many of your preconceived um, notions and also your what, what you think of yourself as educational notions comes from the perception or the perspective of one, you know, one person. Like the Leaning Tower of Pisa is the thing that gets all the notoriety in, in Pisa. And so when you think about Pisa, you think Leaning Tower of Pisa and that's it. There's a lot of history there. And in that complex, there's there's a lot of history in that complex. It's not just the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So I walked in there. I went over and, and gave the rest of the complex some love. And I was like, I, I want to get back to Leaning Tower of Pisa, but I want to give this, this really beautiful cathedral you know it's some love and i went some, there's some statues and and then i then I, I went over and i saw these hundreds of people doing the whole famous you know pushing the lean tower and all these pictures and stuff and it was it was great it was gorgeous because it, it was just like this is almost like a statue it was this, this beautiful thing that was just in the ground leaning awkwardly and it's like this is this is beautiful it was, like, all these people come here for a reason and it makes sense i i uh, take that in a little bit I, I ate pizza at this little little restaurant. had had like the main Italian beer. Was not impressed by it. It definitely makes sense why Italy is known for wine and not beer. Um, and then I went off to the train to go back to Florence, my hostel. And when I got out of the train station, I started realizing people were in Halloween costumes. I was like, "Oh man, today's the thirty first, and it was Halloween." So I got, and so I got on the train with these people dressed as um, you know whatevers, um, kids to adults. Got to Florence, and Florence was just packed with people, families, and everybody just trick-or-treating and doing what you'd find in, in, in anywhere else in America. Just people having fun and vibing in that, you know, in the the, the wonderful Halloween tradition. And um, I, think it was, I think it was a weekend or a Friday or Saturday somewhere in there, and people were like at bars, and it was busy. I got, I walked, I got back to my hostel, and I was looking out the window, and there's a bar down there. And people were in costumes having fun and just laughing and singing. And my hostel was empty because of it. I, I had some wine by myself and just kind of wrote in my journal. 
and just really took in the sounds and the, and the just the just the people having fun and the cheer and enjoyment. Wonderful. Um, from Florence, I went to the Cinque Terre region. Uh, Cinque Terre is uh, means five cities, five towns, um, and they are postcard like postcard worthy. Every single any way you look at it is postcard. And so as as I was leaving Florence in the in the early morning sun sun um, rise, um, I have a picture that's that looks out the dirty train window and, and you can kind of see the outline of the ta- the Leaning Tower of Pisa kind of just silhouetted against the beautiful sunrise. So I get to um, my my um, town of the Cinque Terre, um, Rio Maggiore was where I was on the stay. Completely flabbergasted. It was, it was like it's like walking back in time. Um, no vehicles are in are in this little place. There are pastel colored um, houses and buildings, just all, like placed on hills, steep hills. Um, and so when I when I found the guy that that owned my hostel, he took me up to the hostel uh, hostel room. So we had to go across rooftops. We had to go through these narrow old stone passageways, have to go upstairs, um, winding here, winding there, and got to my little apartment-style hostel. No one else was there. No one else was going to be there. It was my little apartment. As soon as he closed the door, I dropped my stuff, and I ran as fast as I could down to the uh, the shoreline. And it was it was like a fish, it was like a little fishing village. So people, old, old people were down, um, getting their boats ready for the morning. Um, people were sunbathing already, and and the the sea was kind of just rumbling in. Excuse me, the sea was rumbling in, just just really having this really nice undulation and this really relaxing effect. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. It was the beginning, and so as soon as I kind of imbibed in that a little bit, it's okay. Now to the top, the most northern city, and and get ready to go down because the entire point of the Chicatera for me. And most tourists, it was at hike the Chincaterra Trail because there's one trail that that goes through basically the vineyards along along the coast, which is goes out into the sea, um, the the Ligurian Sea, and it connects the top to the bottom. And so I was okay, got my stuff, I kind of got my got my vibe, got back in the train, went to the very northern city. The very northern city was uh, Monterosa, which is a lot more. Um, a lot more resorty, like a resort like is a lot more like, you know, a lot more beach, like there's a beach, there's like people sun tanning and like, there's like nice little hotels and stuff. And so I kind of looked at that, I was like, yeah, I don't want any part of this. And so just took off. I went up on the trail and I just went down just next city, pastel colored along the, uh, you know, with the, with the sea in the back. Next one went into it and it's this very old feel, very fisherman's feel. Next one. And one, two, three. Um, you couldn't go to four because there's a landslide. And so um, everyone had to bypass four and then went down to the train. Then I went back to my, my hostel in Rio Majore. And that night I, I walked along um, at night with just the, just the crashing of the waves and a cheap bottle of wine to bring back to my hostel. I, I had not enough money to be there for, you know, for food and all that stuff. So I just grabbed um, a cheap bottle of wine and grabbed a couple of pizzas, like microwave pizzas, um, and they just threw them in there. They were soggy. They were limp. Didn't matter. Um, the next morning, gray clouds were kind of coming in. And so I just wanted to get as high as possible to take in the, the last of the Cinque Terre before I, t- I headed to Genova. 
And so I, I went to the, I followed this trail and I got to this beautiful pink church, very Spanish looking church. They looked out and uh, they looked out over, over in Majore and you could see the coastline curving and, and you could see that each little city, each little town, pastel pocking um, as it went north. Um, beautiful, you can say it a million times, it didn't matter. Nothing mattered. Astonishing, amazing, everything. Flooring. Um, just really took it all in. Um, saw saw the um, not defunct because they were still working, but the uh, the vineyards that had slow, had shut down for the season, um, and the and, and the wrinkled leaves and the yellows and 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 the black spotted leaves, the dried up grapes on the vines, and just vineyards as far you know as far back as you can see, really old um, really old style like conveyor belt almost like mine car situations only they were above ground. I'm guessing for for the wine production and just really cool things up there. As the weather started to change and the and the gray clouds kept coming in and the rain rain was getting a bit more bit more more cold and heavy, I decided it best to go down and so I reluctantly abandoned the beautiful viewpoint and I started going down and I was thinking about what to do when I got to the hostel and the next step involved in the train and the travel. When I got to the to the bottom of this uh, this trail. Um, there's a church and, uh, there is a hearse. So I was like, eee, that can't be good. Um, and I kind of slowly walked and then out, out came these people, a bunch of people They were holding a coffin, you know, holding it on their shoulders and they were taken to the hearse and then the hearse, they put in the hearse and then the hearse kind of went slowly up. Um, and it was just really somber, you know, obviously a funeral is never fun, but as as a hearse passed me, because I I was I was on the side of the road trying to get out of the way because there wasn't a whole lot of room because there are no cars there. Um, so as everyone passed and they were you know they were sad and they were kind of looking at me like what are you doing here? And I felt I felt that pretty heavy. I felt like what am I doing here? Like this is this this is a very personal thing. This is a person that lives here. These people cared about this person. And here I am standing there being like, oh, well, I'm just here to see everything. I'm here to have fun. And it, it was just really weird moment, heavy moment of me being like I was I was intruding on on in their lives, um, you know, because for 94 days, my my job was just to wander around, have a really good time and see pretty things. Nothing heavy. You know, there are a few months where I got got depressed, whatever, but I was there to have fun. And I was basically just a, a short-time tourist just popping into their their worlds just to say, hey, I'm here seeing the pretty things and leaving. And I was there. I was never anywhere, anywhere close long enough to, to actually, you know, soak up the culture, to be a part of the culture. I was just super, very superficial, which is fine. I mean, that, that that's what I had set out to do. That's what I was doing. And, that, and that's why I signed up to do. But when you see something like that and, and you really get hit in the face with this, these people live here, this is their culture, this is their someone that they loved or cared about, and that person died. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's the most human thing. And a funeral is happens in every culture. And it was just heavy. And it, and it really hit me a little hard and harder than I thought. And so it, with the rain and the great clouds, I think it all kind of just culminated in this big like, man, what am I doing here? Like, I, I'm just kind of just popping here and there. And, and it just is it's like, is it is this what I'm supposed to be doing? 
Um, so I go back to the hostel um, I, that that afternoon. Um, I I took a train to uh, to Genova, which kind of like in more in the armpit of the Gulf, and um, this huge city, huge city. Um, it just did not help my sadness and my feeling of like, what am I doing? And my uncertainty of the trip and, you know, gray clouds. And I got to my hostel and there is this bubbly California girl who had just gotten to Europe and she was just super, very superficial. Um, and just put off this vibe of being like, I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here to take pictures. And it's like, damn, that's what I'm doing. I think I'm, I think I'm this cool person. I think I'm doing it differently than other people do, but maybe I'm not like, maybe, maybe I, I, maybe I am just this, this tourist, not this adventurer, not this explorer. Maybe it's this, this, you know, person that just wants to pop in, take a picture and leave. So, but she, but she was nice. You know, she, she's a nice girl. She was like, she's like my age, 25 or whatever. So I didn't want to be mean. And so she's like, Hey, you know, you're, you, 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 you know, now we're best friends. Like you're from America. I'm from America. We should just, you know, walk around the city together. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And so, she was, she, she was bubbly, very, cheer, very cheerleadery. Um, so kind of, I got me out of my funk, and we walked, walked along. Got dark, and we walked out to the, um, the Genova lighthouse. Not all the way, but we out, out towards it. Um, we stopped and got pizza, brought back to the hostel, and then um, we were eating the common room. And this couple was there. They were older, probably like 35, 40 years old. And they, they heard, uh, they were from like Bulgaria or something like that. And they were, uh, you know, really into politics, really into like, you know, intellectual stuff. And they were traveling for a long time. And the California girl, to my luck, got really bored really fast. And she took off and went in search of like some kind of party or whatever, or bar scene. And, and I spent the rest of the night with this, this couple was talking about stuff and where we were going and where I'd been. And they actually, you know, lifted me up a lot more because when I got to Genova, I just felt so just like, just it didn't didn't matter what I was doing, um, insecure I guess. And then when I was with them, I was like, no, this is what it is. You know, there there are a million and a half ways to travel, but my situation is mine. I wanted to experience the, the hostel scene. I wanted to meet new people, see new things constantly, and I did that, and I was doing that, and so. It, it kind of forced me to, to reckon with that. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, find one spot, live there for five years. And then, you know, really, really indulge or really soak up that culture. That's not what I wanted to do. Maybe in the future, that'd be fantastic. But in that situation, I wanted to see as much as possible, as fast as possible. Just go, go, go. And so it was a, it was a pretty crazy 24 hours because what it started as is, 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 you know, waking up in this beautiful place, seeing this beautiful stuff, seeing a funeral, you know, really kind of, kind of crumb, crumbling down a little bit, getting to this new spot, keep on crumbling and then meeting this, meeting these people. And then all of a sudden I'm back to normal. Um, luckily I, I was in only in Genova for that night and in the morning. And then, um, in the afternoon I, I got on a ferry and, uh, the ferry was going to go to Spain. And so I had thought about, you know, a few, a few ways to get from Genova to Barcelona. Um, but, in order to do that by land, you had to go through the, the French Riviera um, and, and the Italian Riviera, which is obviously expensive as hell. Uh, it's, it's famous for being expensive. I was like, there's no way in hell I can do that. And so luckily I found this very affordable ferry across the, the uh, Luxurian Sea, across the Gulf, and then you basically overnight it would take you into Barcelona. It's like, oh, hell yeah. I, 
I love boats, any kind of water travel, let's do that. So um, it was a beautiful day um, that, that next morning in Genova. Um, I got to the got to the boat. Um, before that, I, I got, got some little groceries and then um, got on the boat. The boat was interesting because it was a ferry. It was like, I can't remember how many stories it was. It was a big ferry. There were cabins, but I didn't choose that. I wanted to save as much money as possible. So I, I got the, the no cabin thing. And so basically that means that you sleep where you, wherever you can. And so what that meant for me was there is like, there's like a theater room that was showing movies, but then there's like an alternative theater room that had no screens. I don't know what you call that, but basically picture like red plush theater seats, you know, probably 15, 20 rows of those. And so that was my bed. And so I, I found this place. They were pretty comfortable. So I, I wrapped my jacket around uh, around a couple of the, the chairs and said that was mine. Then I went to, uh, out to explore. I went to the top. It was super windy on the deck of the ship. But I, I watched as we pulled away from Genova, um, watched the wake and just was really into it. It was beautiful. And I, I kept on seeing really dark-skinned people. I was like, okay, well, this is okay, well, whatever. We're just going from you know from Italy to Spain, so okay, cool. And then I kept noticing that's kind of really all I saw. I saw either Italian people or I saw like black people. I was like, okay, this is, okay, I wonder what the story is here. And so I didn't see really any white people. So I kept looking around and then I kept going here and there and I just kept seeing a lot of like black faces. Um, so we kept on going and then nighttime came and so everyone's kind of, kind of hunkering down. I, w- I was in like this big common area that had a bar and all that stuff. And again, there's a, f- a few, a few Italian people, but a lot of black people, really, really dark black people. And I was like, maybe African, maybe, and there's a, an accent I didn't recognize. People were praying, uh, you know, on the floor and, and like their Muslim styles was okay. Muslim, black, maybe Northern Africa. And, um, and then just, I just didn't see anyone white. Now this is very strange. Like, like, I wonder where everybody is. Like, this is a touristy thing. So I went to my, um, I went, I went back to my quote unquote bed for the night, the red chair. And then I got ready for, for bed and people were sleeping like on, on the ground outside the bathrooms, basically anywhere the people were walking stairs, there were just people laying there, like mostly single guys. Uh, mostly black people with like a blanket and that's it. Like very modest, very, very, very modest. I was like, all right, interesting. Okay. And then I went to sleep. I got like a couple hours of sleep and just tossed and turned all night from that damn chair. Woke up magically. There are all these white faces. I was like, oh, all right. Where the hell were you guys? They had luggage and they had stuff like that. And I was like, okay, got it. So all the white people and people that could afford the cabins had stayed in the cabins. They had got beds. They had, they had like rooms and that's where they were. That's where, and they didn't socialize it with anybody. They didn't go out to the bars or anything. They were just like in their cabins locked up and just, that's what they're doing. Where everyone else that were, didn't, didn't want to pay for that or couldn't, didn't have the funds for it. Didn't hence the floor and the red chairs. It's like, that's weird. And so then we got, we got, got docked into Barcelona, blue skies, beautiful, warm. We went down um, and what I thought was most of us, but when I got to the, to the docks and we all looked up, all the white people and the, and the few Italians and Asian people were on the docks going to our shuttle. Looking up at the top of the boat were all the black people, like everyone black 
And and I think what the, the shuttle driver was saying was that the next stop was Africa. The next stop was going down into, you know, like the the top northern countries of Africa where they were all going. And they didn't have very much stuff because they were just poor. They were they were broke people that that I, I that from whatever circumstance they were coming from. Um, you know, I I don't wanna assume, but that the shuttle was just saying some are refugees, some are people that you know, had to go back to Africa for whatever reason. And so it was interesting. It was very strange to be on a boat where it was like, I was just milling about with people. I was like, yeah, cool. You know, I, I have no money. People don't want to spend a lot of money. So we're just going to do our thing. Everyone was nice and courteous. Everyone was great. Everyone was doing their own thing, laughing and talking. And then the next morning, here all these people were that were staring in the cabins and stuff. And I hadn't seen any of them. So there's a kind of really weird segregation situation going on where I didn't see anybody from they were in the cabins before and then all of a sudden they were all out and they were all exploring this beautiful place of Barcelona. So not here to make judgment, just an, in, an interesting point I didn't put in the book. Um, and it's, it's just an interesting thing. And I still don't know what to think about that, what that means in general for our culture, but um, just food for thought. Um, got to Barcelona, palm trees, blue skies, amazing. Um, that's the next chapter, Spain, um, Spain goes down as, I don't know, top, it, it's a juggle for top three, but it's amazing. I had so much fun in Spain, um, and I hope you guys listen, and that's chapter, uh, 14 next. Um, might take a little bit to edit this, uh, Italy, um, chapter, so might be a little bit until the next one comes out, but thanks for being patient, thanks for hanging, hanging in with me, me with you guys. Thanks for hanging in there with me, you guys, <laughs> sorry. Um, take care. Uh, hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone's getting in the festive holiday mood for Christmas or whatever tradition you celebrate. Um, change is coming and things are happening. So embrace the warmth, embrace the beauty, um, of, of your surroundings, the family that you love and just, uh, just stay safe. Thank you so much for listening.